Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is regular host Aaron Percival, aka Corporal Hicks, and joining me are our usual partners in crime, Ridgetop, aka Adam Zeller. Hello again everyone. Although I did get that the wrong way around, but you get the point. And also joining us is Eric Adams, who goes by Xenomorphin Online. With a brand new microphone this time. Hello all. That actually means we've all got professional microphones now, so uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll sound good. It all depends on uh, my audio editing skills. So if anything ever fucks up, it's normally that or my internet connection. Oh, this is actually my uh, first episode from my new house and my new office, my new AVP Galaxy office, so that's kind of cool. Although it's a bit of a bummer of a topic for us to be uh, nattering about for this one. So... This is episode 95, and we're doing a year review of The Predator, one year on. Now, how many times have you guys actually watched the film since it came out in the cinema? I watched it less than any other film in all three franchises. I saw it originally at the premiere, so a little more than a year ago. I was in Toronto, really looking forward to this. And then I saw it twice in theaters after I came home. Tried to watch it again on an airplane earlier this year and couldn't get through it. And then in preparation for this, I watched it with a friend all the way through a couple days back. And that so that was the fourth time I'd seen it. I watched it back when I worked at the cinema. Yeah, watched it once there. I think we did the original podcast review not long after that. And I've only just rewatched it for the first time either last night or night before. So for me, it's fresh off a rewatch sort of thing. I'm not too dissimilar from you guys. I watched it at the Critic Showing at Fox in London. I watched it twice in the cinema. I did successfully manage to watch it on an aeroplane at the start of the year when I went to Tokyo, but it took me about three different attempts. I'd watch a bit, get bored, watch something else, come back to it because I was determined <laughs> to finish it. Well, I wanted I can't remember now, but I wanted to see what the edits were for the aeroplane cut, and I'm sure I talked about it at some point when we did... I think it might have been the Alien Blackout review or somewhere around there. So I'm sure we've got evidence of it, but that was pretty much my only reason for going through it. But after that, yeah, the only time I've watched it's been the rewatch in preparation for this episode. I brought the Blu-ray as soon as it came out, but I never watched any of the features. I never watched the film. And yeah, the only time I've watched the features has been day before yesterday in preparation for this. So I've had no desire to go back and revisit it at all. We did a couple of Predator-related interviews which I think the experiences of those were far more fun than actually watching the film. You know, I really enjoyed talking to Brian and Kyle about acting in the film. I really enjoyed talking to Alec. Yeah, those guys were all great and they all did fantastic work on this film. And it's a real shame that their talents ultimately resulted in what we got. Uh, There was a lot of squandered potential with this. Uh, I still think there were some very, very fundamental problems with this story, with this script. But the movie was just sabotaged. It could have been decent and instead it was bad for a number of reasons. And I think, honestly, that is probably why I find the film so frustrating because there were so many different elements in it that I thought on their own were fantastic and really interesting. But when it was all mixed together and came out in in The Predator, it was was crap, basically. But the million-dollar question to start this off with and to get us actually talking about stuff is, has our opinion changed since last year? Um, If... I remember rightly, we're all fairly middling on the film, you know, about six out of tens or possibly five out of tens. I can't remember, but we weren't we weren't hating on it. 
So with these last rewatches over the last couple of days, have you guys, well, or even some of the interviews, you know, that have come out, the making of books, the uh, the novelization, has there been anything that sort of changed your opinion? Do you like this film more now, knowing perhaps what they went through in production to make this happen? Is it a, an Alien 3 sort of situation where you might appreciate it a bit more, knowing how difficult it was? Or is it uh, just stewed on you and become something you dislike even more now? See, I can only really judge it from what actually ended up on screen. I, I will say a lot of the concept art and such, which has since come out, that has intrigued me. There are also some things we subsequently found out were the reason for, you know, there were script changes along the way. It would have explained some things. Like I remember on our last episode, we first reviewed it. He explained that the little kid, he had a thing for languages, which wasn't in the final film. That would have helped to explain some of you know his contribution to the plot. What we ultimately got on screen, though, when it was fresh, new, I'd seen it on a big screen at the cinema. I gave it, I think, a six out of ten. I said there were some standout action scenes and the humour of the characters just about brought it over the edge. I do have to say the Blu-ray, or at least my version, I have not got a 4K TV. I've got a normal HD TV, but I've seen it on Blu-ray. The visual, the image quality is actually an improvement on the <laughs> on the big screen, which is weird. I don't know what, because I know for a fact they had 4K digital um, projectors on there. But yeah, I will say as a rewatch, having seen it already, there's I think the factor here is has a film got rewatchability? Is going to become something where even if you might not have liked all that much initially does it have that sort of like guilty pleasure thing going for it I think for some people who are not Predator fans I think that actually goes for the original Predator some people find that a guilty pleasure for me as a fan I think my my view of it has gone slightly down I would say it's now more of a 5 out of 10 because some of the jokes hit the mark and some of the action sequences you know they was they stood out. The the visual effects are relatively good. But when you've heard the joke before, it doesn't have the same effect on you. So the entertainment rewatchability factor has it's not there as much on the second viewing. So I would say now it's it's in danger of going down to four out of ten, but the production values are very much there that even if the narrative structure, the writing and that isn't what it should have been, the production values are still there. So I will still say it's around five out of ten instead of my previous score of six but yeah i think as a person who is a fan of the predator series and uh, not just the films but some of the comics as well i think the biggest thing about this is it's a disappointment because it's not what it not only could have been but what it should have been and i think it definitely needed to go through another draft of the script to get it up to what it should have been. I don't know if their shooting schedule was particularly tight, but you know, there's only so much you can do with reshoots, but I think it definitely needed another reiteration of the script itself to... You can't say it needs to be fixed, but it needs to be radically altered. Um, there are things that it does breeze past. There is that factor of there are certain things you don't realise because it's just going at sort of breakneck speed, but it it falls down the moment you try and scrutinise it, which is kind of the problem with Prometheus and Alien Covenant. But with this one, it's, you know, it's so kind of shallow and superficial that, you know, it's 
it go it definitely goes down for me on a rewatch. So I would say, yeah, my view has changed, but it's gone down not massively, but it's gone down from a six out of ten to a five out of ten. For me, it's probably gone down a bit lower. This movie really soured on me. And when it first came out, it was one of those things like Covenant or Prometheus where you really want to like a movie and you get out of the movie and you kind of have this feeling like, well, this is one I need to watch again. You know, you're trying to like justify it in your mind. And just walking back to the hotel, it was it was just like Covenant and Prometheus, even though those movies are way better than than this one. It was like, that didn't make sense. Oh, wait, that didn't make sense. Huh, what about this part? And it, it just kept continuing. Like the story just does not hold up. And the the jokes, like a few of them land for me, but for a movie that was originally meant to be an action comedy, it just, those jokes are not ones you can go back to. They're, they're not one-liners that, that you can return to like, like we have with our, the older films and the franchises. And I know, I know this is, I'm being a fucking downer here and this is like a downer podcast, but it's, it's just a shame. That's, that's the word I could, I could really attribute to this movie is it's just a shame that with all this talent, Shane Black has made some incredible movies and the original script problems and all was better. And I know someone who saw the test screening back before they did all the research shoots and he said it was it was far superior. So and and that's kind of the mindset I've had is that a lot of times you get these problems where the studio gets nervous because of a test screening and you have just a very limited selection of people and they make these massive changes based on those opinions. And I think with this movie it just turned it into this mess for a movie that was already pretty um I guess complex in what it was trying to do. It just made it flat out not work, unfortunately. I think you mean you said it you said it rather well when you said it was sabotaged, but I think it's more of a case of, you know, isn't it wasn't just the test screening reactions. You know, when the stuff came out about the emissary predators, everybody went up in arms. Oh, these friendly predators are never team up and blah blah blah. All that kind of crap. And, you know, that kind of reaction without context necessarily could be seen as a sabotage as well because it meant they turned away from the direction the film was initially going in. And I don't really like that original draft. That I say original, we still don't know when it was. It wasn't the first. But, you know, that earlier draft that made the uh, made the rounds, I wasn't sold on it, but it had more of a, I think, more of a cohesive vision than what we ultimately got. Because I feel like, you know, all the meddling from all the attempts to fix the reactions to online, the attempts to fix the the reactions to um, the test screenings, that month or two of reshoots, those dire ideas for that, you know, that final zinger on the end, that final ending. It, it did. It sabotaged the film, like you said, because this film feels as incoherent and messy and, and cut up as it probably actually is. And it's a, it's a shame that Shane Black hasn't really came out and talked about what's gone on with it, because it sounds like this was an absolute nightmare for him to work on, which is a huge shame because Shane Black is incredible. You know, he he did some of the, I mean, Lethal Weapons, probably one of those seminal films from the 90s, uh, the 80s, sorry. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, you know, was a film that gave Robert Downey sort of his career kind of back until Iron Man came out. He's done some incredible films and this is just awful. I hate this film so much right now. 
And it's mostly because I'm so frustrated with it in the same way that I get so frustrated with Prometheus. But this feels more like, I don't know, it feels more like a, a huge kick in the nuts. There's just so many individual parts, I think, that would have been really interesting in this. You know, Predators and this have tried to do Predator on Predator Conflict, which how the fuck have people continually got that wrong? That is such a simple premise. And Bad Blood is one of the most, I, I will say it's probably one of the more iconic and popular Predator uh, expanded universe stories. You think they got it wrong in Predators? Well, because it was so, it was so brief. It was unexplained. Again, stuff that changed over the course of the writing. You know, originally it was envisioned as what we would get in this thing, which was the genetically modified conflict, and that ultimately then became unclear in the finished thing. I do, I do like the fighting in Predators. I must be honest, and I know a lot of people didn't ultimately like what we got as well this seems to be like this vision of betrayal of the classic predators you know it was so brief as well you know he spent so long tied up the actual conflict wasn't really there and then when it comes to this one it all got mixed up as well because he was um fugitive was supposed to be stealing stuff from from the upgrade it was originally going to be all these wacky creatures but then ultimately it wasn't it was the predator killer the problem is with the editing too, because it still kind of alludes to some of that stuff. You'll see these close-ups on the pods and the ship. I think it gives that away though, because you do ultimately get the killer in the pod. No, no, I wasn't talking about that. Sorry, I was talking about the the other pod, not the not the one at the ending. I'm, I'm talking about the ones with the little windows on it where he holds Rory. Yeah, that's the pod that they all. So at the end, when you know they have the killer, they've got yeah. that pod zero three, and then next to it they have that door. Right. So. You know, they kind of... I, I thought that myself, you know, because I always thought that the the close-up and the focus on the pod at the start when the ship's crashing, it's like, why do they bother with that? Because they don't focus on the creatures at all. But then you do see it at the end in that stupid final scene. Yeah, but it's just, it's next to the pod with the Predator Killer. It, it doesn't have any function that we know about. Well, the, the implication being that that was inside that door. Really? They look like two different sizes to me. But that's that's why it focused on it was because in the script, that's where he kept all his hybrid monsters, you know, just like he kept Rory captive in one of those pods. There were all these other creatures that were going to cause this mayhem in the film. The friend I watched the movie with, he says that the scene that sticks with him the most is always uh, at the end of the baseball field scene where we see this dog just running <laughs> and we never get any resolution to if he made it out of there or what. <laughs> It's just a shot of the dog running as if it was running towards our characters. I picked up on that too last night when I watched <laughs> it. I, I remember being a little confused in that in the cinema, but it was such a quick shot that I probably didn't remember it. But I, when I re-saw it on the rewatch, I thought, oh yeah, what's what in the world? I mean, I think it was a callback to, it was Rory, wasn't it? The little kid. Rory, because the dog barks at him at the start. And he covers his ears because he's got a noise thing. And I think it was meant to be to do with that. Uh. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's it's you got this maxim in writing where if you see a shotgun over the fireplace in Act One, it has to be fired by Act Two. So I think it's something that was a victim of editing. The, the whole film feels like that. Let's be honest. Yeah, it really does. It feels chopped up. But I will say, I if memory serves right, originally, um, and when we've had our interviews with the you know the the actors who were doing the emissary predators, it wasn't about one group of predators adapting themselves and and, and this being a cultural no no. It was just that they were going to invade Earth regardless, and this was their their 
equivalent of James Bond. And some of them were going to give us a fighting chance just to make it a challenge. There wasn't actually a subplot about one group of predators disliking another group of predators, but I think in the edit, that's the impression you get. But it's because they removed that whole chunk about the emissary predators, which for some reason isn't even in the deleted scenes. I think removing that whole chunk of it, like, um, what's his name, General Woodhouse, you've deleted that, so it makes it look like Traegan is in charge of, Traeger is in charge of the whole thing. They removed whole chunk of things so that we get a very different impression of what the main plot is actually meant to be about. Like the the rogue predator, a lot of people say, oh, that one should have been the main predator, but it turned out that was never meant to be anything other than a generic predator that happens to get beaten up. And it was the two emissary predators that were the they spent a lot of screen time on, relatively speaking, that would have given a whole different angle to the story. So when you say about, like, they haven't managed to get this predator on predator conflict going, right, I'm not sure that's what they were initially even going for. I think that predator fight was something which maybe would happen to feature in it, but I don't think originally that was the intention. I think it was meant to, from my understanding, it was meant to be a different angle on it especially with predators being the one that came before where there was a predator conflict. I think that sort of gives you that view and I think it's unintentional, but it's it comes out in the edit. See, I, I disagree because I really feel like, you know, that was a huge part of the focus of this. Admittedly, it's been a while since I reread that earlier draft because it's a chore for me to get through. Pretty much anything to do with this film currently is a chore for me to get through. But, you know, even when it, there was more than just even when it was more than just the fugitive, there was still the conflict between the emissaries and the upgrade, then the whole cultural difference thing. Right. That was something that felt like it was kind of thrown in at the middle because, again, of reactions to what people were learning online. So, you know, Shane Black came out and he said, no, not all not all predators do this. It's just, it's just particular clans, and that's not reflected in any way at all in the story. To be honest, I would have been far more interested in if the upgrade and his guys were doing this heathenous DNA tinkering and fugitive and the emissaries weren't up for it at all. Of course, the film doesn't reflect that because the fugitive has human DNA. Yes, <laughs> that's true. I'd forgotten about that. I don't mind the idea of some of the predators tinkering with themselves. You know, I know there's this whole concept of they're on a on a bound killers and blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't agree with that. I just think I just think they're hunters that stick to the rules to make it more interesting for themselves. I don't agree with the on bound thing. And I think that it would be massively, you know, it's very realistic that some of them, realistic in quotation marks, the predators would, so certain predators would, you know, do things to themselves. I'm sure once it's reliable technology, we'll start lopping off hands and replacing them with Borg cybernetic arms that have got crap inside them. So I can see some of the predators doing it. I would just have been far more interested if it was that simplistic in terms of the law. You know, these guys do it. These guys don't do it. You've followed all the guys that don't do it before. They disagree. Let's smash them together. And, you know, the, the fight we got, 
also wasn't massively satisfying either. That's that's a bother. Are you talking about between Fugitive and Assassin? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was very, very brief. So short. And it made even worse by the fact that the emissaries were caught from it. So then that is it of the more normal-ish looking ones. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we find out that the original idea was like... So there's two government groups, right? There's the one that, that Traeger leads and there's the one that um, almost his character that was cut from the film. Led. Yeah, so there was Stargazer, which was Traeger's, and he was working on the Sly, whereas Woodhurst ran Area 52, which was like the legitimate government one that was actually working with the emissary predators. So they were trying to recruit Fugitive, I think. Like Fugitive wasn't there to deliver a gift to humanity, the predator killer, because that doesn't make any sense anyway. He was just on the run from this this clan that he was a part of that was doing the upgrades that he, I guess, eventually turned against, which would explain why he has the human DNA. But the whole, yeah, the whole DNA splicing thing, it's like if, if you're killing these humans why would you why would you want to splice your dna with you know opponents that you've bested but okay but yeah it just made more sense than the fugitive gets here he's causing all this havoc and then oh wait he was actually trying to give us a gift and it's like no that makes no sense and it also makes no sense because traeger in the prequel novel not that i think the people making this film took that into account at all but in the prequel novel traeger aids the predator's escape a different predator because he sees it if he causes this problem it'll it'll make him in charge of the organization you would think that if he finally got another predator after he had released the last one that he would have restraints that wouldn't just break instantly as soon as the predator woke up but yes. you know there's just so much in this movie that like you really need to turn your brain off and preferably have some alcohol if you want to have any chance of enjoying this film if you consider yourself a fan of the franchise and i know that's harsh and i know that sucks but that's what it is doesn't hold up to any scrutiny no i just think doesn't. the um the thing with traeger i mean i was watching the deleted scene to which there are actually precious few and it actually muddies the waters further because when traeger introduces himself to a um, McKenna, he doesn't say he's of a his own grouping. He just introduces himself as CIA. Now, if that was meant to originally be intended as part of the finished film, CIA is the government. So Woodhouse would have been military and CIA working on the same thing. So it's actually they're all they're all government. So it's one of those points that actually muddies the waters more than Nessic. We don't Traeger and that whole setup doesn't make sense from that perspective. I mean, touching on what you just said, Ridgetop, at the end, this is what I think I said in the original review. Unfortunately, you have to really judge this as a light-hearted action flip. The moment you try and judge it as a predator film is when it goes way down. If you just judge it as a generic light-hearted action flick, it's it's okay. It's decent, but it's because it's a pre- so much of the problems with this is because it's a predator film. That is exactly it. And it's so bad, isn't it? You know, when it's a predator film where the predator stuff's what makes it frustrating, you know, what makes you need to turn your brain off. I really do like the suit the naked suit and i really do like the armor that's one of the most frustrating things is that some of the predator elements about this movie are absolutely awesome like the fugitive the suit that adi did was right up there with it's their best it's, it's better than wolf i think yeah i know a lot of people were saying that adi predators are a little too i think you're the one that said this aaron like they're too dry as yeah, predators in, in, had always had, like moist skin but not in this one 
in in the Predator, it looked like the fugitive did. No, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. as in he wasn't dry. He actually yeah. looked alive. The skin looked real. Right, and and even the assassin, I do think the assassin looked better with the practical stand-in they had for lighting reference. To be honest, eh, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, personal preference, but it, again, it's just the same old bigger batter thing that's like Jurassic World. It's like, can we buck that trend already? <laughs> like, it's it's completely overplayed at the minute. That's another problem with it. Yeah. Which was why I would have liked something, a different cultural sort of conflict that would be bringing the predators together right. to actually do each other in. Yeah, I completely agree. I overdone with this genetic Little thing. tangent there that was. But yeah, the predator elements of this film, Fugitive himself looks awesome. I don't know why they didn't have ADI do the armor. I know Alec told us, I think, that they just decided to use another company for that. But the armor was interesting and it... You know, it was different than the tribal metallic look we were used to. It was more futuristic. And I liked that. I liked some of the the sleeker variants of the Predator, like even the ship. Although I do prefer Predator ships to like have pipes everywhere and be all, you know, dark and dank and stuff like it kind of was in AVPR. But this ship... Yeah, it was a bit too clean. It was a bit too Star Trek-y, but I still, I like the Predator tech in this movie to to an extent. I have some problems with it. Like I told you with the ship tearing a hole through space and the force field looks dumb and stuff like that. But the actual look of the Predator and the ships, it was, it was good, which was a shame that everything else, like you said, as a Predator film, this fails. And the, the emissaries for me, like that felt like it could have been a cool contribution to the universe. Yes, fans hate the the team ups but again it's if it's done well it can totally work and it can totally give the predators more depth and with everything that brian prince and kyle strauss told us about creating the the emissary characters that would have been such that would have made the whole situation with the loonies more interesting seeing the dynamic between these these crazy soldiers and these alien warriors who happen to be allied with us like that could have Again, that could have been totally silly. Who knows? Uh, We could have hated that even more, but it's more interesting than what we got. Just the thought of it is more interesting than what we got. Like, look at the trailer. Look at the APC chase scene. Like, it's just, it it would have been so much better than, oh, they all run off into the woods and now they're fighting the, the upgrade predator. And now... Whoa, Trigger just shot his head off. Like, it was just so... <laughs> that makes me so fucking angry, that sequence does. Yeah. Because, you know, when I rewatched this, I was like, God damn, I fucking love Trigger. He is probably one of my favorite characters from the entire Predator series. But by fuck, does he have the stupidest death sequence in any of the films? Because, like, what the hell even happened? And you know what else? That's also annoying. The idea of us using Predator tech... I think it's fucking cool. I think it's an awesome idea that I would love to see actually explored. But then he just suddenly shows up with this fucking contraption on his head, on his shoulder, and no preamble as to how that happened or how they even knew how to fire it. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it's it's worse than that. It's directly after his guys are having that shootout with McKenna's guys, and you're thinking once it's one of those things that just occurs to you after you've watched the film. You're thinking, hang on, he had an energy weapon that could essentially shoot like a grenade's worth of explosive in one. Why wasn't he using that in the shootout? I think one of the main problems, the structural problems with this, it goes back to this thing about the upgrade predator. And Shane Black came into this with the he pitched it and he keeps on repeating this through the interviews that we got during the production where he says he wanted this to be a tentpole film like a Marvel film like a superhero film 
And I think the upgrade predator comes very much out of that. And they call it like the uber Hercules predator. But it goes directly against what makes predator work. A predator film is essentially about like a, it's a ninja or special forces operative with a lot of high tech gear that is in touch with its primal side. Now, you can have a big environment like a jungle or a city, great, but it's always got to come down to a very intimate thing of this is a very highly skilled thing. It's not human, but it's very, very highly skilled because it's managed to survive going up against who knows what on a galaxy of other planets. It's a very highly skilled hunter, and it always has to come down to a very intimate mano a mano thing, you know, one person or maybe two or three people against one predator and it wins or it gets within killing distance of achieving its aim because it outskills you or you have to outskill it and once you bring in this this feel of you've got to write the entire story like a marvel film oh what can we do we can have like the incredible hulk of the predators and you see it on some of the making of stuff where a guy goes oh you think this is scary we have like a 20 foot tall version of it that's scary well yeah if it's lumbering down the road okay it's going to be a big threat but it is just a big it's like what is scarier a great white shark or a blue whale a blue whale is massive but a great white shark is scary because you know it's like velociraptors versus t-rex the velociraptors are going to be more scarier because they outskill you they can hunt you down and find you you can't run you can't hide you've got to outskill them once you had this upgrade predator it just becomes like an elephant with teeth it changed the entire dynamic of what makes a Predator film well. I mean, that's destroyed anyway, because like I said on the previous episode, the original Predator worked well because it was at the start of it, it was like soldiers, you know, having jokes between one another. But when the stuff hit the fan and they realized the gravitas of what they were up against when they were on their way back to the, you know, the helicopter landing zone, they all started to get much more serious in the same way as the colonial Marines in Aliens did. They respected the threat for what it was. In this one, you have that the polarity is reversed. But the big problem about this is it's structured like a, like a, a superhero film with some horror thrown in. It's not... No, not like Deadpool is, but, you know, it's they're trying to hulk, make the Predator the Hulk. And as soon as you do that, it's it's not what makes the Predator work. It's not something which is relying on skill. It's just wading through and just smashing things. And that's not what evokes tension. That's tentpole stuff. That's Marvel stuff. That's superhero, supervillain type stuff. But that's not Predator stuff. And I think a lot of the, what makes this sort of structurally, it rubs people the wrong way because it doesn't function as a whole. They've got a lot of predator tropes in there, but they don't function like predator tropes. And so I think to get the most out of this film, you just have to like sit back and watch it like Independence Day. It's just a fun action film. But it's like the they say, we wanted to bring back what make the things work. We wanted to bring the things that would make the old fans bring into it, but we also wanted to make things which would make the new generation there. You don't have to do that. You just have to go back to the old stuff, see what worked about it. You don't have to like not bring anything new to it, but 
you have to play to the strengths of what makes that franchise work. And with the Predator franchise, if you change that whole thing into a superhero movie, it just I think that is to the detriment. It really is the problem with franchise films and especially for long running franchises is where is the balance between what people expect because of their nostalgia for the previous films they've seen and doing something that's new and interesting. And it's hard and it's it's a reason why most sequels like the more sequels you have usually the the worse off they are. It's not always the case but it is uh, mostly the case in long running franchises. But I do think Predator still has potential. I don't think this movie is getting a sequel. Well I think that's like pretty much obvious, you know, this movie's not getting a sequel, even though it's a shame because they had intended this movie to have a sequel and they intended Predators to have a sequel. Now, I much would have rather seen a sequel to Predators. But anyway, this film did not accomplish that. It was not a good Predator film. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be a long ass time before we have another Predator film. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if you've seen some of the rumors recently that the Predator license is actually getting close to expiration and there's there's questions as to whether or not Disney will renew it or try and sell it off. No, it's not it's not quite like that. So it's basically all the um, all the the crap that Ilfonic not Ilfonic they just got um, wrapped up in it. The Friday the 13th situation basically where the original author in quotation marks, in this case, the screenwriter, is able to attempt to claim the rights back to a series. And it's to do with a copyright law that the US brought into play that affected stuff from the 80s, basically. Oh, God, it would suck so much if Ilphonic ran into that shit again. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But... But basically, it's come up in the news this sort of around the time we're recording this now because uh, Gail Ann Heard is trying to do the same kind of thing to claim 50% of the rights to the Terminator franchise because she's credited as, I believe, credited as a writer on the film as well as, um, you know, the producer duties and everything like that. So it sort of brought it all back into focus because there's other 80s franchises that are going to be due for the same sort of uh, period in which the original writers can claim those rights back. And I think it's 2022 that is going to be the sort of deadline for the Predator writers, Jim and John Thomas, to try and claim it back. But whether they do is a completely different question. Just checked, Gailan Heard, she is credited as a writer on The Terminator, so that would apply. It's funny, my... um... I have a, a friend and his wife who saw the, the Predator with me last year. And I was like, thanks for being my support, guys. Next year, I'll be there for you for, for the Terminator when that crushes your soul. <laughs> because they're big Terminator fans. So Would, Slightly off topic because, yes, uh, well, no, slightly on point. I agree with you. We're not going to see a sequel to this. I don't want to see a sequel to this. I would have liked to have seen a sequel to Predators, because I do love that film, despite its flaws. But I think I think this film's tainted the brand far more than it has ever been tainted before. Um, and I think it's going to be a goddamn while before we actually see another a film of, of the Predator. But the question is, would you guys be interested in seeing Jim and John Thomas take it back, bearing in mind they wrote the first two films? They haven't really done anything since, as far as I well, know. I don't know if they'd have any interest in that. Have they expressed any? 
Not that I can really think of. They talked about some of the stuff they had in mind for Predator 2, alternately, but I can't recall ever seeing them ever talk about doing anything else with the series. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they'd, they'd have some sense of what might make a good sequel, but yeah, it just comes down to, you should, you should just give it to someone who is interested and passionate, and I know Shane Black was. I know Fred Decker was. It's not like they're, they're not fans of the franchise. Of course they were. We know Ridley Scott was. <laughs> I don't know about that, Ridley Scott says he's not a fan of Alien pretty often, at least the alien creature. But no, I think I think we're entering into an age of expanded universe, guys. And I'm personally going to enjoy it because we've been getting a lot of good expanded universe stuff. And uh, hopefully just like Isolation, Ilphonic's Predator game, Hunting Grounds will cause a lot of goodwill, you know, because yeah, the films have been been tainted recently and it sucks. It sucks, man. Like 2007 was the most disappointed and I, I had ever been in an alien movie. And then the very next year it was the same thing with a Predator movie. And it's just, it's time for a break. Like, and I think, I think regardless of whether or not you like these movies, the box office performance will dictate that it will be a good while before we have another alien or predator film. I think finally, to my delight, (laughs) we're at a point where we're far more likely to get another AVP film in the near future than we are another alien or predator film. Hey, as long as it's done right. I will happily have an AVP film. I've been dying for that, you know, that proper future war, colonial marines kind of thing. Well, I think that goes for any of these. I mean, it, as long as it's done right, I think we'd, we'd love it. I think we do have to come back to the whole thing about it is under new management, under Disney management, and I am sure Disney has been spending a long time looking at all the Fox properties. I was thinking was speed. I think Species is MGM, but um, yeah, that's MGM. Yeah, but they're looking at all these kind of adult-rated things, Alien, Predator, because from Disney's perspective, they have not really spent a dime on investment in anything. Right now, they are just at the stage where they are reaping merchandise. Right. And that is probably going to be the biggest profit making thing for them with Alien Predator and indeed anything else. They are, regardless of how well the films do, they are massive profit makers for merchandise. And whoever holds the license is going to make a ton of money on merchandise, regardless of films. Now, I am sure we are going to get more Predator stuff eventually. Would I like to see it with the Thomas people? I don't know. I love the original Predator, but as people who've listened to these before, no, I'm not a big Predator 2 fan. I do like, I love the music for it. I think that was an improvement. I love the stuff where the creature shows up on screen, but the general story, the detective, the choice of making a detective story, blah, blah, blah. I think a lot about Predator 2 for me does not really work. So I would be interested to see what their ideas for it would be, however. But me personally, I'd be open to anyone having the reins of a Predator film so long as they, as you say, do it right. And that is always going to be a gamble, whether it's a sequel or prequel. I don't know. I think I'm with I'm with Aaron, who said oftentimes before, I think what would be great 
is if we actually got a prequel, not to Alien, but we got an official prequel set in an older time for the Predator films because they are so self-contained. I think even you could show them with more advanced weaponry because now we've seen with Predators and the Predator, there are different factions of Predator. Who knows? There Maybe there's a faction of Predators who were actually more advanced in medieval times or... Japanese samurai time so that, that that isn't actually as much of a barrier as it used to be so if Disney asked me what direction I would like someone to take it no matter who that person is as long as they're competent I would say make a prequel with the Predator film just to have it set at a previous time in history I think that could make it very interesting because Predator films are so self-contained that you can do that but who would I like to have the reins I honestly have no idea I I'd be interested to see what the, they would do with it, but I would also be interested to see what somebody else would do. I, before this, I would have been interested to see what Shane Black would have done with it, but I don't think all the problems with this film were studio interference. I, I, you know, you look at the script, there are still a lot of problems with the script which was released, and, you know, leaked, uh -huh. rather. You can't, can't argue with that. I mean, yes, you can say that the film felt choppy, it felt like it had been butchered and bits, yeah. but there they were fundamental problems with the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah, the foundation it was built upon didn't necessarily have the right idea. I think it's a laudable, noble intent to have this thing where someone says, look, this is Predator, or this is Terminator, or this is Alien. This should be up there. I mean, even Ridley Scott has done it where he's said Alien should be bigger than Star Wars. It's never going to be as big as Star Wars financially because Star Wars are family-friendly films. But, you know, it's noble of him to have that intent where this should be bigger socially in terms of culture. It should be a bigger part of society. These should be celebrated films. Predator, I suppose, has always been a little more trashy by comparison because it isn't Predator is not a film series known for its artistic set design, etc. Um, sexual subtext. There's nothing it's not as layered as Alien, but you know, it could be. To be fair, the first film has a lot more going for it than people tend to give yes, credit yes, for. Yes, I, I, I completely agree with that. But it is ultimately a lot more basic than the kind of material you get with the back history of the Alien films. Predator is more basic. But I think it is laudable for someone to go, this could be much bigger than it is. Because it could be. But I don't think the way to go about that is to say this needs to be handled like a Marvel superhero film. You need to treat it like a predator. Whoever gets a hold of it needs to do it right. But we've said so many times before, you know, how hard is it to get a predator film or an alien film or, God bless them, an alien versus predator? That is a concept which should be impossible to get wrong. It should be fun at its most weakest. And yet there's been two attempts where, you know, the first AVP film, it had some great concepts, but the execution was some even regardless of the budget they had the execution was not as it should have been it should have been event horizon. i will say i'm gonna interject on avp here yeah okay <laughs> i will i will say both movies i think could have been could have been better well obviously but i mean it wouldn't be that hard to make them better with what was already shot everyone was excited for the for avpr well most were after the the trailer a lot of people liked the trailer because yes. the lighting was fine the Red Band trailer, right? 
Yeah. And maybe added some of the scenes that were, were cut. It would have been a more satisfying film. I mean, I'm sure most people would probably still yeah, hate I'm, it. I'm but... pulling the Thor face from um, Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> would it, uh... Hey, what is the, what is the first thing everyone complains about when it comes to ABPR? There's like, it's too fucking dark. And yes, it is too dark. The color correction is wrong on that film. I think that that would alleviate a lot of problems people had for that movie. Obviously not all. And the first AVP, like I think the unrated cut helped a little bit, but there's more footage from what we've seen. Like grid made it to the surface. Like how did that end battle play out? If it wasn't just the queen up there, like I really think they should do extended cuts for both AVP films. And I think they should do it for the predator as well. It's like people just put up a a billboard in times square in New York, like release the Snyder cut. And it's so frustrating that these, these movie studios don't do this because I do think more potentials there with these movies, with everything they have available to them. Yes. It would cost a little extra money that they would probably, Probably make back in home media sales. Would um, they though? So it's a shame they would don't they? do that. I think it's more than a little bit yeah, of money. Most fans would would need to buy them. Yeah, but yeah. would they? Uh, That's uh, the question. I mean, who the fuck? I think who's so. Gonna, who other than us and the people listening to this maybe <laughs> are gonna can go out and buy a proper color corrected version of AVPR because yeah. you, you can polish a turd, but it's still a turd. So you put something on the shelf of Best Buy and it says like new extended edition, even someone who hasn't seen it for a while, if they like sci-fi, they'll be like, huh, I remember watching this. Maybe I didn't like it too much before. Maybe I'll give it another chance or like people might rent it on digital video online. Like I think it's just it's a shame because these movies are sabotaged by the studio or by whoever calls the shots with these with these things that are above the uh, directors. I think it's more poor decisions that sabotage them. Yeah. Well, can I just say there's a simple test for this work because there were, in fact, for both AVP or AVP films, weren't they? They were like unrated or, you know, extra special edition cuts. I don't know, but I don't think they got a massive amount of money from sales of those. Well, they they didn't really add, they didn't really No, but you're saying you just literally said, oh, just put it on the shelves and say new extended. They literally did that. And I'm not sure they got massive amounts of sales. Well, they, they did unrated editions. They didn't advertise it as extended editions. If they advertise it as extended editions, new color correction, new remaster, 4K release, we still haven't gotten 4K. Yeah, but they, this the problem. would be the perfect opportunity to with do that. Requiem. Requiem has the same, like it or loathe it personally, but Requiem has the same problem as the Predator in terms of even in fandom, and you need to definitely attract casual film watchers for sales but even in the fandom it's meant to get sales from both of those films have now got this reputation for poisoning the well there are a lot of people who literally bought copies of both those films just to put it on youtube and show they were burning them which i thought was a terrible waste you know why bother buying something just to burn it but they were so derided that people literally that and i think i i would say yes i'd like there to be extended cuts but it is a financial decision because you do need to make that worthwhile for sure for sure and it's a risk it's a risk that a studio studios are super risk averse these days and that's why streaming companies are killing them like netflix and amazon is because they are much more willing to take risks than big movie studios these days and you just look at what the alien 3 alternate cut did for the reputation of that film that film was pretty not liked by most people before the alternate cut for that film and 
I think I'm not trying to put the AVP movies or the Predator, obviously, on the same level of Alien 3, because even the theatrical cut of Alien 3 was way better than all three of those. But that cut really helped the reputation of that film. And I think we could we could see that with these three movies, personally. But you're right. It's probably not going to happen. And just like this movie itself, it's a shame. I, well, I would just add to that. I think the... See, it's my memory. I don't know if this... But I'm pretty sure... Fox, as it was then, Fox, they only financed that as a way to boost sales of the, like, they were doing the entire, you know, remastered for DVD and remastered for Blu-ray sets of the Alien series in general. If it had been a case where they would have had to consider do an extended cut or assembly cut, as it was known, of Alien 3 on its own, just to sell Alien 3, I'm not sure they would have been convinced. I'm pretty sure they did it for the sake right. of selling the entire set. For uni- yeah. uniformity. You've got to yeah. think of it in terms of business decision. That's another big problem is, uh, as much as I don't like it, physical media is on the way out. It just is. I think 4K Blu-ray will be the last major physical media format. And then it's just going to be pretty much all digital, you know, and people don't care as much for special features like movie people like we do, you know, I'm weeping right now. That's why special features have been so fucking bare bones. Like how shit was the Predator and Covenant for features? Oh my God, it was so terrible. And the last really satisfying special features release was Prometheus like that. I got so much more just from the making of that film than, than the film itself in terms of enjoyment. And it's a shame that studios just aren't willing to put in that much in terms of covering the process of making these films, which can be super interesting and super enlightening and entertaining. So yeah, I miss I miss the days of crazy special features, you know, super extensive stuff on, on the sets. And I think that's just a product of Risk Averse Studios, for one, trying to save money and the decline of physical media. So brave new world, guys. <laughs> uh, just maybe. <laughs> if I couldn't get any more depressing... <laughs> We didn't want. We didn't really want to do this episode in the first place because we didn't want to talk about the predator. Well, I suppose we didn't want to rewatch the predator. But you've just bummed me out completely other levels now because I I I hate the age of digital media and you know fuck you, Ristar. I'm I'm going. <laughs> well, guys, thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> I think he's. No, I, I'm actually in agreement. I I vastly prefer because you never know. I think this was on the interview that was done with Alec Gillis. You never know when the sites which are hosting these stream digital things they'll they can just go down tomorrow or in the next hour. You never know, and then you'll never be able to access them again. I, I'm with you guys. I vastly prefer having a physical copy. Which, if all else goes, you know, I've still got it. It's never gonna zap and it's vanished. I've got it, and it's you know. It's got room for all those things you can learn for. Even if it's just some films now don't even come with like commentary. And I learn a lot from just rewatching a film and putting the commentary on it. Some of them have two or three different comments. You have like the special guys, special effects guys talking about it. You have the directors talking about it. You have the actors talking about their own. They're on different ones. And I learned so much because it gives you an additional perspective for not only what did work and how they accomplished what did work, but what didn't work. What was the problem with some scenes? Do these people not, do they see it the same way as you do? And then you've got the additional stuff with like, you know, the making of it and all the rest of it. These are such important educational tools 
But at the end of the day, that's uh, frustratingly what they are. And film studios, they do see what's on the horizon. There is this digital media stuff. And are they making enough profit to make physical copies of films worth it? I hope they do. I hope there is always that backup. It wouldn't surprise me if there's another media format that comes around and we go back to physical copies. But yes, I'm in full agreement with you. We, I would love to guarantee there will always be physical copies but we may have to face the day when there aren't though which is why i'm glad i've got most of the films that we talk about in these sessions on physical copies Um, (laughs) some people don't some people just rely on digital streaming services which are fine but they do not have those additional educational tools and i think that is a that is a crying shame well we don't even have the 40th anniversary shorts on any official physical media either at the minute they're going to be on the 4k not they were downloads oh oh wow yeah when i was at the screening one of the directors i guess was under the impression that it was going to be included as the the 40th anniversary alien blu-ray but that didn't happen unfortunately it would have been a good place to include that i would like to see that have its own release you know just do a blu-ray release you don't even have to put it in stores like just have it online limited edition if you guys want a physical version of the 40th anniversary shorts here you go it would be so easy and they would make sales because there is a market for people who like physical media and maybe that'll maybe it'll bounce back i do think it's on the way out but i mean look at vinyl right like this last right, year was the yeah. first year that vinyl had has outsold CDs in like 20 years or something. Like I think when when something goes away for a while, people get nostalgia for it and eventually in some form or another it does come back. So, we'll see. Well, when we see people buying up VHS tapes again. Well, no, it's the same <laughs> for know, films. Yeah. At least at least vinyl actually has some auditory um, you know, advantages whereas i don't think vhs really would hey i went out my way to buy one of those alien trilogy box sets on vhs with the face hugger so you know there's still some oh, i remember us. that yeah it was i remember seeing adverts for that at the back of the old aliens dark horse comic yeah with the it's like it's in like a plastic box yeah with a handle, and right? I, I went to bt's which was an old like model shop in croydon and they had one up on a shelf behind the counters and every so often i looked, like went in there just to look at this face hugger box <laughs> and these days it's hard to communicate that nostalgic feeling because that's we didn't have much like merchandise then but yeah that face hugger box that i imagine that's worth a ton if you get it on ebay now i managed to find mine for about 30 quid and i think i think that was on the cheap side yeah but yeah but even with the disappointing lack of special features you're still seeing some in the form of like memory the origins of alien right you're seeing standalone documentaries that talk about films and that's that's good to see that there's people still passionate about film and filmmaking and the process that goes into it. So who knows, maybe we'll see a documentary one day on the clusterfuck of this production <laughs> or or maybe even Aliens Colonial Marines I would so love a documentary. Well, there's there's also <laughs> the the other diamond like the with the Alien films like recently we not just had the Wayland Utani report came up, but we also had the Blueprints book which I got a copy of. Fantastic attention to detail. If anybody out there is has the old Colonial Marine technical manual and is wondering "Mm, should I get it because it's kind of the same thing I would say yes it's several leagues ahead of that in magnitude in terms of the detail you get we don't have anything like that yet for the Predator films but of course with the Predator films it's 
very much set in contemporary times. There's not really much to do like technical guides on. It would be interesting to see a Wayland Utani report style thing on like encounters with the predators themselves. I think they could do that. Yeah, another world life forms database kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, they, they could and they could work in the whole project Stargazer. You could do a volume like that. I think people would buy that, but we haven't had anything like that for the Predator films. So I would definitely be interested to see stuff like that. They could also work in some of the stuff from the um, the comics. Why not just make just do an an EU book of like you know blueprints, but one of these technical guides for stuff that has been from the comics as well as the film. And then they would have a lot more material to work from and characters and biographies and such. But then again, you haven't had anything like that for the Terminator film. I think something like that for the Terminator films would work. I was actually involved in a project that was going to do an unofficial thing like that with someone until that broke down, unfortunately. But I think we could do books like that for the Predators. We have not had something on the level like the Alien Vault for the Predator films. I I think there were, we did have reports that there was going to be something like that about Predator 2, about the concept stuff they were doing for that was going to be released at some point. I don't know what's happened with that, but that might be for Disney or Fox now, who or Titan, I don't know who would publish that. That might be a, a them dipping their toe in the water to see what the market is for that. I think if they do try things like that, I think we will see more in the way of like the level of stuff we've had for Alien for the Predator films. And I think that in turn will help to create a demand for this these kind of behind-the-scenes stuff for the Predator film. Even for this film, there is a lot, as we said earlier, there are a lot of like deleted. We had nothing to do with the emissaries. We've had some of the concept art with for the hybrid creatures. That was actually genuinely interesting for me to look through but um it apparently there was a lot that was in the art of the predator that never actually got into that book it was it was still left out so i think they have left out a lot which could be of genuine interest to the fandom officially they just seem to don't want to talk about the emissary predators at all it's just like you know deny that ever was even a thing we're not talking about that which is a huge shame and again because you know shane black's not spoken about the film since it came out fred decker did and i think he blamed the film's failure on fans if i remember rightly that'll yeah, be in the news archive that's somewhere not the wisest course of action no and you know as much as we laud the quadrilogy and the anthology sets it took a good few years for that kind of alien to get that kind of treatment i know really it had better behind the scenes coverage anyway with things like the book of alien and um giga's alien as well compared to what the predator got but you know maybe maybe in some years time maybe that's how they'll test the waters is they'll finally release you know some new sets of existing media see how well it does but yeah, i do agree it will be a while so hope you all like the expanded universe and thankfully i do but even I then really the do right now predator stuff for the expanded universe isn't we've not got as much as we've had for alien you know with there's been no well, we finally have a game coming true so that's something we've finally got a game but it's only multiplayer it's not a single player dive into story yeah. Didn't they confirm it's going to have, uh, you'll be able to play it offline though, right? Like you'll be able to what, play with bots. bots? I, I don't recall. I must be honest. I don't recall as that. As long as they have, I believe I saw that somewhere. So as long as they have a variety of scenarios. So it's like Battlefront basically. 
That'll be enough, yeah. Uh, but there's been no Hunters 3 announced. There's been no sequel to If It Bleeds. Titan still hasn't published, outside of the, the prequel novel, hasn't published a standalone Predator story. Uh, I mean, there has been news cropped up of one that showed up on Amazon briefly and then disappeared that would apparently be, be written by James A. Moore. Did the prequel novel, which was a hell of a lot better than the film but he's going through some health issues at the minute, so I don't even know if that's true. I think we're coming back to what I said earlier about Disney, I think now Disney is in... Mani- you know, they've sold their legal tangles in the last few months. I think we now, beca- just by virtue of Disney being Disney, I think there is a higher chance of us getting more in the way of merchandise stuff from Disney because they are, if nothing else, all about profit and merchandise. So I think there's more chance of us getting to see this sort of thing than there was under pure Fox management. But it'll be shifting house, probably. Yeah. I, d- I dread I dread when um, it says Marvel uh, on top <laughs> of an alien or Predator no. comic. Oh, the com- oh, no, I don't, no, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't, yeah. I think, I think honestly, and that's one thing we're, we're kind of lucky with, I think, is Disney's taken a pretty hands-off e- approach to the expanded universe. They've just kind of let the people who have already been working on it work on it more. But we don't know what existing license deals are in place here. I mean... That's true, but I do think Star Wars. They took Star Wars away. From right, Dark but Wars. I mean, and that was a shame because I think Dark Horse did much better Star Wars comics, but that was a much bigger franchise that Disney had much more plans for. Uh, Alien and Predator, they don't right now. I don't think they have any idea what they want to do with these franchises if they want to sell them off, but the expanded universe is making a bit of money, so they'll probably just keep that going, at least for a little while. I certainly hope. I would like to. I like where the universe is, the expanded universe is now. I want it to stay with Dark Horse. I want it on the novels to stay with Titan. I want the behind the scenes stuff to stay with Titan as well because the the making of Alien that's just come out of Rinsless thing is fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. You know, Eric was saying how good the blueprints are. The making of is is fantastic as well. They've been doing some really good stuff lately. You know, just give, give Predator some of this treatment, please. Yes. Although I don't know if the making of those films were as well documented as Alien. Well, I guess Alien wasn't super well documented. He probably had to, had to do a lot of digging for that too. Um, yeah, because I heard a lot of the the material was lost in terms of the behind the scenes for the original film. Um, I was just going to say there was, you know, I was thinking when you said that, I thought about, well, you've had like blogs for like Strange Shapes and all the rest of it. Are there any blogs to do with a Predator fan, like of that kind of magnitude with research of behind the set? Do we have any like fandom nope. blogs? Not, not nearly nope. to the same extent, yeah. So there's a niche out there, yeah. I mean, someone out uh, there yeah. might be able to do that. Your best is probably going to be Omega Morphs yeah. Monster Legacy in terms of the creature details and stuff like that, but in terms of the kind of detail that Strange Shapes and, and Johnny and Valaquin go into, no. Not really. I will say, though, that the Predator Blu-ray re-release that they did for one of the anniversaries had pretty good behind-the-scenes stuff. I thought every, all, I thought all the, the Predator re-release was just what was on the DVD. I thought they added some new stuff for, like, the Hunter's Edition or whatever it was, didn't they? Maybe not. Not that I can remember, but may, maybe that's just my memory. Yeah, I'm not going into the special. I, I do remember watching the actual... Blu-ray feel, and I was impressed with the the remaster of the visual quality, but I've not gone into the special features yet. Yeah, the 4K transfer was incredible for the original Predator. Oh, the 4K but... one, yeah, I've not got a... Yeah, because they, they did another remaster for that, but the... Um... 
yeah, this, even on the DVD releases, the special features for Predator One and Predator Two, I thought were pretty well done. I mean, yeah, yeah, they not were good. the same, not to the same level of um, the Alien films. But who um, who really gets the CDL treatment these days? Yeah, like we were saying, and even even the the book for the Predator, the art and making of the film, that was a disappointment to me because it didn't show a lot of what was cut. You know, we don't see anything about the emissary predators. I'm sure there was some good concept art there. So I don't know. It's it's almost like Fox doesn't want people to see that part of the film that was cut haven't adi released some of the emissary stuff on their youtube yeah they have yeah adi is great in that they'll release a lot of behind the scenes footage that we wouldn't see otherwise yeah i think that they're happy to do it as long as they can get permission to do it because you know fox disney will own the whether they have to say whether you're allowed to publish things but i think adi as long as they've got permission to do it they're happy to interact with the fans oh yeah no adi is just like cannot heap enough praise yeah they, they, guys. they get too much shit as far as i'm concerned they're great guys i will say that i know this is kind of out of nowhere here but so i think we're in agreement that this film has soured on all three of us right oh god yeah i think it's i think it's like a three or four out of ten for me at the minute <laughs> yeah i don't think it's awful i just think it's you know it kind of it's as I say, you have to look at it as a light action film, not a predator. The moment you start looking at it and judging it as a predator film, yeah, it goes way down. But as a light-hearted action film, you can you can sit back and watch it. But I rewatched this with my mother, who is not a predator fan. She enjoyed it. She said it was fun, but she said, yeah, it did have problems. So even her as a <laughs> You know, she she recognized there were definite flaws with it as a film, but she said, yeah, it was fun to just watch for, you know, nothing else to do sort of thing. Yeah, for me, it'd probably be a three or four as well. This is Requiem tier stuff now, <laughs> which is annoying as hell because you know what? We've, we've bitched on the film so much, but I fucking love the cast. I love the characters in this film so much in it. I think they deserved. Mm, I, know I like the cast. I don't think they fleshed out the characters nearly enough to make them super interesting. Like, who is the guy who had the card tricks? Like, Doyle? Like, almost Lynch, all of his... But no, his... his Yeah, he was the poorly, the most poorly treated character in the entire film. The rest of them, I think, were... I'm, and I'm talking the loonies here, I think, got enough, and I really loved spending time with them. They were okay. Like, your mom jokes, dude, in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> I think... See, this is the thing. If you'd have put those characters in... A war movie. They have been great, but a lot of the... it was Again, it comes down to it being in a Predator film. Everything was, like, reversed from how it should be. But those characters, yeah, I like the characters, you know, for what they were. I actually think if they'd have got rid of two, maybe three of them, it would have given the rest more to do, maybe. So maybe there were one or two many of them. But I think, you know, if they'd have been in another film, those characters, it would have been fine. It would have been great, but it's... It's just so much of this comes down to it being because it's a Predator film. I think this movie had the opposite effect on us as Predators because Predators grew on me. Yeah. When I first saw that movie, I liked it and now I love it. But this movie, like when I first saw it, I thought it was okay, but a disappointment. And now, like you said, Aaron, I just can't stand it. Like, it's so- <laughs> <laughs> I, like it made me what not want to chase up more interviews about it, which yeah, which sucks balls because even stuff I don't enjoy, I will try and learn more about. You could tell with some of the the 
few uh, interviews that Fred Decker and Shane Black did that they were just they were so done when this was over with. This was I'm, I feel bad for those guys, even at the premiere, man, because when that news broke, like right on the day of it, it killed the vibe. Yeah, I was going to say it was that legal issue that they were probably getting hounded with questions about that instead of the film. And that probably just gave them fatigue. Yeah. And in today's cultural climate, unfortunately, like these issues like we see with the Joker now can just pop up and they can really put a damper on the hard work people put into the film themselves. So, I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms, but... Upon re-watching it, it did strike me. I was thinking, oh yeah, they got the guys to play the Predators who had specifically, not just how tall they were, but they'd done like a lot of parkour things. And it did strike me how there's virtually nothing of the Predators doing any parkour stuff in it. So I, I, again, I think... It was running really fast on the catwalk. Yeah, and that was it. There was no like... the parkour stuff would have actually suited especially in the urban environment but also like between trees and stuff that could have really lent you know an an added dimension to a lot of the action scenes but we got so you do have to wonder what was on the cutting room floor that you know they bought people in to specifically make things or do things that were in there originally but they got cut out completely we didn't even mention the the ripley and newt endings (laughs) oh yes yes just just think about i can't believe they even did that i just i wish this film had just never existed <laughs> like, which is a huge thing because, you know, like I said, how much I I loved the suits. Brian and Kyle, you know, fantastic guys. I loved I loved Brian in it, even if we didn't get to see, you know, much of that agility in play. And there was the stuff at the start in the jungle, but I'm pretty sure that was all CG. So I'm so bummed out by this film. You know, this is this is how down I was with AVPR kind of situations for me that i just no thank you let's let's move on let's go to highs now please it's given you fatigue hasn't it yeah prolonged fatigue anyway we all feel feel the film's worse off a year on a bit yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay we'll have to come back for the five-year anniversary I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will get revisited, and we'll we'll reconsider our views. You know, ten years time, like Alien Three, we'll we'll get the the Predator assembly cut. But I'm not holding any breath. Anyway, that's it from us. I think. Sorry, guys. I know, I know this was a downer one. Yeah, like I said, we weren't too keen on doing it, but since I did it for Covenant, I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's see how we feel a year on, and it probably will be something I do with all the future films going forwards. But yeah, I'm enjoying the expanded universe, and that's what's important. Agreed. And I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on Hunting Grounds later this month. Actually, yeah, that's coming to London for you soon. Mm-hmm. Now, what about you guys and girls? Uh, has your opinion on the film changed uh, over the last year of learning things and what scant material there has been? You know, let us know. Let us know on the boards. Let us know in the forum posts or on the Twitter replies. Curious to hear how uh, everybody's feeling with the film. See whether you're all different to us. Um, as always, you know, if you are interested in checking out more than just the podcast, we are a platform of many different areas um, avpgalaxy.net is our main website we've got message boards that you can sign up to and post in old school fashion 
much more organized, in my opinion. Um, we're also on Facebook. If you don't want to make a, a forum account, you just want to use your Facebook account. We've got a Facebook page, which is AVP Galaxy or Alien versus Predator Galaxy versus as in VS dot. There's a Facebook group as well as a page. We're on Twitter at AVP Galaxy. We're on Instagram as Alien vs. Predator Galaxy. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is again Alien vs. Predator Galaxy. If you're interested in following me personally, you can find me at underscore Corporal Hicks on Twitter. If you care to follow me personally, it's at Ridgetop21 on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm on um, DeviantArt at Sentinalysis. Um, That's where I put my CGI stuff on there. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. This has been Corporal Hicks. Ridgetop. Xenomorphine. Get into the chopper.